salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commission. We are wrapping up week 13 of the NFL schedule. Exciting week of football uh, for both professional football and collegiate football. We are wrapping up all the championship games within their respective conferences and the NCAAs. The college football playoff rankings as of today, as of this very second, these are the final rankings going into the bowl games for the college season. And I, I you know, I want to touch on this quick. Uh, it, it probably doesn't come as any surprise to me, the commission. However, I still can't understand how, when you look at these rankings, how it really justifies how these four teams, some of these teams, even get the opportunity to play for the championship. The number one ranked team in college football as of today is the University of Alabama. The number two ranked team going into the bowl games this upcoming new year is the University of Michigan. Shout out to Michigan for a number of reasons I'll touch on later. Number three team right there in the SEC that's going to be playing for a chance at a championship is the University of Georgia. And the fourth team that's bringing up the rear in the rankings is the University of Cincinnati or Cincinnati Bearcats. Shout out to the Cincinnati Bearcats. They played a very great season. They played some great games for Cincinnati. I can recall when Cincinnati, just going down memory lane, this might have been about, I guess, 14 years now when Rutgers University, shout out to Rutgers, was on a uh, undefeated streak. And they, I believe they defeated Louisville at the time to be ranked number one in the country. And they were number one in the country for all of seven days before the University of Cincinnati shellacked Rutgers. And they haven't been the same since. It's amazing how you can recall those moments in your mind, how you know how one team... Uh, had a great season, outstanding season. And before long, within the blink of an eye, you go from number one, probably down to number 10 or number 20. It didn't take long. And so goes Rutgers. However, Cincinnati seemed to have uh, uh, built that momentum. They, they got the recruits in. They've got good play callings going with the coaches and all. They were successful for those many years, and now it's paid off. So many years later, Cincinnati will be playing for a chance at the championship. I mean, listen, if, if you like college football, and if you like these teams that are going to be representing uh, the college football playoffs, I think that you are in for what could be a nail-biter somewhere. I I don't think Alabama is really going to blow out Cincinnati. Now, that's not to say that Cincinnati has this this game plan already set out for Alabama. Alabama, bar none, is probably the toughest team of all times in college football over the last five, six, seven, eight years, regardless of who they play. So for what Cincinnati needs to do going into this, I 
mean, it, it goes without saying, you have to have the perfect game plan. There's a lot of things that you will need to do on both offense and defense to try to neutralize that passing game for Alabama. They spoke Georgia. And I, I, you know, to this day, I can't understand how if you lose a game, if you lose a game in the championship, how you drop from the first ranking to the third ranking, how you go from being ranked number one to down to number three. Can they be ranked number five? Can they be ranked number eight? But I'm convinced, this is what I was saying before my analogy of the Rockettes. When you go to, to the Radio City Music Hall and you see the Rockettes, you don't want to see no ugly woman up there, with all due respect to women, you don't want to see an ugly woman up there dancing and, and, and not within order. Uh, you can tell that she may be a little too short, maybe she's a little bit too plump. All the women that you see for the Rockettes around Christmas all look the same makes no difference what nationality you are they all look the same they all look good they all dance well they all put on a great performance and this is what I feel about the college football playoffs it's not so much the fact that these teams are worthy playing for a championship it's just the fact that these are the four teams that look good right now these are the teams that if you had to compare them whether it be offense defense special teams these are the four teams that people want to see they're going to pay top dollar to want to see these teams play at a championship and, and and for Michigan and, and for Cincinnati, you know, they deserve that spot now in the sun because of how they played this past season has been extraordinary. They played some great games throughout the season. And Michigan defeated Ohio State, blew out Ohio State. So I think it's only right that they won the championship uh, against Iowa, blew out Iowa, and now they're the second best team in all the land. Shout out to Jim Harbaugh because a lot of what people thought about Jim Harbaugh, a lot of commentators, a lot of analysts, whomever you want to talk about, really felt as though Harbaugh was done in Michigan. And now he's probably been redeemed as that coach there in Michigan. Who's to say how that recruiting class is going to look over the next few years now that Michigan is back on top? And, and let's just say that Michigan ends up playing against Alabama. Let's just say that that, that even happens. Michigan beats Alabama. My goodness. You're talking about people left or outside of what they may do going to uh, an SEC team or maybe a Pac-12 team like USC. You're going to see a lot of top recruits right there in the Midwest going to Michigan. Best believe some of the best arms you may see quarterbacks I'm talking about will probably end up going to Michigan should they win the national championship. And so this is an exciting time. If you're a fan, if you're an alumni of these schools, this is exciting. This is what you've been waiting for for a long time. Congratulations to those teams and coaches and institutions. Of course, I'll be keeping an eye on it because that's what the commission does. I got to talk more about football in some way, shape, or form or fashion. And of course, you know, we're talking about college football. You know, we'll have um, the college Pro Bowl games or All-Star games at the North-South game, the East-West game at the Senior Bowl, and on and on and on. You know what I'm getting at. So I will be talking more about college football when that time comes. But this is the day of which we talk about 
the weekend there was football weekend week 13 it is time for commissions two a days i'm going to try to breeze through this because there's some things i want to talk about as well outside of football but i normally do my two a days monday nights this is how i do this high roll they had the monday the monday morning quarterback i'm the monday night quarterback i like to talk about everything once the monday night football game is finished and sad to say i was rooting for buffalo because i thought buffalo deserved a shot to be number one there in the division over new england and they blow it and you know you can say well the weather had a lot to do with it the wind contributed to their loss but if I if, if there's one thing I've seen at Buffalo as of lately, shout out to all those people out there, Buffalo or Park. What I saw about Buffalo over the last few weeks is the poor execution on the offensive line just to get that ball across to these people. Josh Allen is not looking like the MVP that I had predicted for this season. He has had a very rough season thus far. I think they're at the point now where they're just going to just try to crawl themselves into the playoffs. But the problem with the Buffalo Bills is there's a lot of other teams that are knocking on that door to find a spot within the seedings of the playoffs. And if Buffalo doesn't watch it, they got to play New England again. And and, 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 and and this is what I've been, I've been saying probably for the last few weeks. Buffalo cannot afford to take a backseat right now, knowing that this close, they are this close to making the playoffs. And on top of that, they, they had a chance at home field advantage. They had a chance of being the number one seed in the AFC. But you lose this game, you lose some key games against, um, God forbid, you lost to Jacksonville. Oh my goodness. Like, these are games that you should be winning. These are games that shouldn't be a struggle. And for the Bills, it just seems like they have been struggling for the last few weeks. They have their work cut out for them. And it probably goes without saying. It's, you, you cannot be in a position where you're playing at home and you lose to New England in a running fest. I think uh, Mac, uh, Mac Jones only passed the ball maybe three or four times on Monday night. And they win 14 to 10. That's a game they should have won. But shout out to New England. They have a recipe for success. And seven games in really says a lot about this team that he put together with some money and some spit and some glue and some polish. And the New England Patriots defense, oh my goodness, they look like... 85 Bears out there. They look like the 2,000 Ravens out there. They look sharp. They look sharp. They look confident. They they have a game plan on both sides of the ball. They execute well. And even in an environment like Buffalo, they weren't going to try to get Mac Jones to throw the ball 30 times. Heck no. Let's just run it down their throats 50 times. Not, I, that They might not be the exact stat. But it's still the fact that the Patriots realize I'm not going to try to go out there and force this ball to our receivers. They're not the best receivers out there. We know how good that Bills defense is. Let's see if they can stop this running game that we have. And I think if Damian Harris doesn't get hurt, this man is running for probably 150 yards. They couldn't stop him. He breaks one run for about 60 yards or 65 plus yards. 
they were extraordinary in offense. And this is a team that's coming into Buffalo, and it's tough to play in Baltimore. I'm sorry, in Buffalo during this time of the year in, in December. So you're looking at Buffalo now, you're thinking to yourself, well, what the heck do we need to do to maintain that position there in the AFC East? Because you got to figure outside what New England's doing, look at what Miami's doing. Now, Buffalo is, is not careful. Miami could surpass Buffalo. Yeah, although I, I believe Buffalo wins in the tiebreaker, it's still the fact that Miami is winning and Buffalo is losing. Shout out to New England and the Patriots for what you've done. My two days look a little something like this for the good teams, the good wins for these teams for week 13. I saw some great wins. Most of these games were division games, divisional games, division playoffs, not playoffs, but these are division games amongst people within the division. But I'm telling you that Seattle had a play, they played a great game. That's only because they played San Fran. You know, when I tell you that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, shout out to Pittsburgh, had a great game. That's only because they played Baltimore. You know what I mean? Kansas City, they had a great game, but they played Denver. So these are games they had to win. I guess that's my point. The commission is trying to make the point that these games, these divisional games, you got to win. The Bills, you got to win that game against New England if you're trying to maintain a spot in the playoffs. Pittsburgh understands. The Chargers had a great win. They understand. You know, this is where we are now. Week 13. But the two teams that had great wins, big wins, Week 13. Let's start with Arizona Cardinals. Shout out to the Arizona Cardinals. They are the best team in the NFL right now. Right in front of New England. This team is 10-2. and two going into what is now going to be week 14. Kyler Murray misses three or four games, five weeks of, of, of not playing football, being inactive, and he goes out there and manages a great game. He goes out there after injury. I mean, this man hurt his ankle, but it didn't matter. He threw the ball only 15 times for 123 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs that I know of. But he ran the ball for for 10 rushes, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. So what I'm getting at is this. Kyle Murray is obviously the MVP of that team. This team wins if Kyle Murray is playing quarterback. That cliche is probably so. You know, the commission is not really hitting you with any type of true knowledge. But this is a different team when you're talking about Arizona. Of course, they did win when he was missing some games, too. Shout out to Colt McCoy for doing an extraordinary job with that team. But this team is a far different team when you're talking about an offense that right now is hard to stop. They defeated the Chicago Bears in Chicago, 33-22. The defense for Arizona had a great game. Their own 69 tackles, total tackles, three sacks. They had four interceptions. They hit that quarterback six times. They had, they're on a mission. Arizona's on a mission to prove a lot of naysayers wrong. Probably starting with yours truly, because I had Arizona in the basement for this season. I, 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 somebody had to be in the basement. I wouldn't have thought it'd been Seattle. But for where Arizona is right now, they have a lot to prove this season. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting to see what happens this upcoming Monday night when they play the Rams 
on Monday Night Football. But shout out to the Arizona Cardinals doing a great job against the Bears. They led in all the uh, they led in all categories from first downs to total yards. They had 329 total yards to 257 yards from Chicago. They owned the time of possession, 35 points. That was their game to win. There wasn't anything that anybody was going to do that was going to defeat the Arizona Cardinals. And on top of that, that's their seventh road game for which they win against their opponent by more than 10 points. Shout out to Arizona. They're doing it. This team is doing it. You cannot think or say anything different about what Arizona is doing. They're doing an extraordinary job. I got to give credit where credit is due, even though it burns me to do so. It's still the fact that Arizona's playing outstanding football. The other good win, I think for anybody that's been following the, the Detroit Lions at this point, understand that Detroit wins that game in the last second of football. One possession, fourth down, fourth and goal. They got to score. They got to score a touchdown. They can't kick a field goal. It's a touchdown or a loss. And Jared Goff, God bless Jared Goff. He had a great game. Jared Goff threw the ball 41 times, completing 25 of his passes for 296 yards. What's the last time we seen Jared Goff have like that type of a game? Even when he was in L.A.? 296 yards, three touchdowns he threw. The biggest touchdown, of course, coming to Amon Raw St. Brown, of which he had an extraordinary game, 10 receptions, 86 yards, and the winning touchdown to defeat the Minnesota Vikings, 29-27. to This win was important on all levels. And I'll explain more with the time that I have. Shout out to Detroit and the way that you guys played your games. The first game that they won this year and the first game that they won since last year around this time, roughly on the same day, means a lot for the city of Detroit and for the state of Michigan. I'm going to go into the bad games for Week 13. Bad, terrible, horrible, horrendous, heinous, oh, you had a loss of words. You're speechless. You can't figure out how these teams look so dang on bad. My goodness. And I'm looking at the Saints. You look like crap. I'm looking at the Giants. Shout out to all the Giant fans out there. They look like crap. Yeah, I know. Commission, you know, you got to understand that Daniel Jones, he, uh, he suffered a concussion. Oh, he was hurt. He couldn't play in the game. Listen, 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 listen. I understand that people get hurt. And I understand that Daniel Jones didn't play. It's still the fact you have to have a game plan against Miami. They had no game plan. It was to see what Glennon can do. And, and, and for what I saw that game, the man was running for his life. That offensive line is abysmal. The rushing game didn't do much. Saquon Barkley still doesn't look like he's 100% or even 80% of who he is. They just had no offense. And it was proven out there putting up only nine points against a Miami team that's now red hot man you give fuel to Miami and now look where they are they can taste the playoffs right now they just got to make sure that Buffalo keeps losing and Miami keeps winning but without digressing on Miami again Cincinnati takes a big loss to the Chargers go Chargers go Baltimore oh man they took a gamble almost won almost made that gamble work going for two 
Mark Andrews drops the ball, wasn't the best of passes. Lamar Jackson will tell you that himself. He blames himself, but however, he's still sitting up top pretty as the number one seed there in the AFC with New England not too far behind him. I believe they have identical records at this point or close to it. Nonetheless, Denver, you lose to Kansas City. You only put up nine points. What's going on there? Houston, you don't put up any points. <laughs> what's, what's the deal, man? You got to play the Colts. Then your division. You can't get around it. They benched Tyrod Taylor like he was the reason why. Please. That team is a dumpster fire and everybody knows it. You mean you couldn't come up with a game plan to be competitive against your divisional foe in the Colts? But, you know, let's give credit where credit's due now. The Colts are playing great football. Jonathan Taylor should be MVP this year. But I'm just saying, the commission's just saying, for what I've seen over the last few weeks, Jonathan Taylor, no Jonathan Taylor, we're not even talking about the 7-6 and six Colts right now. I'm telling you. And for what Tennessee's doing, they're going to lose that spot in the division, just as the commission predicted during the summer. But without, without digressing any further, I'm going to go into the two bad losses, two bad teams for Week 13, starting with the Jets. New York Jets, what? Now, you, you, you showed everybody you can beat the Texans. You showed everybody you can beat the Titans. You showed everybody you can beat the Bengals. And these are teams that you probably should have lost to. Minus, of course, the Texans. But everybody's banking on what this defense is going to do against the Eagles that don't even have Jalen Hurts playing. And what do you do? You let Gardner Minshew, shot out, listen, Gardner Minshew gets traded out of Jacksonville. I, I got to believe if you're getting traded or released from Jacksonville, then, then your career is just about done. It's not to take anything away from anybody else, any other players that have left Jacksonville. It's just that when Gardner Minshew left Jacksonville, no one really knew if he would be a quarterback again for any team. He goes to Philly in a trade, and this man balled out balled out, stepped up for Jalen Hurts. What I saw was 33 points this offense put up on this team, and, 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 and he throws 25 passes, which is probably about what you want for Minshew. 242 yards, two touchdowns, extraordinary game, but the running game is the caveat here for the Eagles. The running game was superb. These guys ran the ball. Sanders alone ran the ball. 420 yards and 24 carries. They had 418 total yards of football. What did the Jets do? Absolutely nothing. They had no answer for the Eagles. No answer. They were shut down in the second half, couldn't put up a point. That was horrible. Horrendous. Whether if the Jets had an opportunity to play for a spot in the playoffs or to be remotely close, you saw nothing coming from this team to show that they had any type of confidence or, or, or motivation to go out there and win a football game. And the Eagles, God bless the Eagles, and what they've been doing lately was a game you probably should have won, considering that you had Zach Wilson back there throwing the ball, but they just could not do a thing. It was hard to watch. You know, shout out to the Jet fans. I get it. I understand. Another year in the books. And for the other team, 
the bad team. Listen, I had to lump all these teams together because the NFC South just sucks. I'm not the one that always say sucks, but the NFC South, I don't want to hear anybody else talk about the NFC East. As much as we're watching the NFC South just hand Tampa Bay the division championship or the division title, you're just going to hand it to Tom Brady. You're just going to make sure that Tom Brady gets another opportunity to get another, another Super Bowl win. And come on, NFC South. Come on, Atlanta. You are hanging with Tampa Bay in that first half. You come back out in the second half and you don't do a thing. You don't make it challenging for Tom Brady's second half. It was just amazing when I saw when I saw that game with Atlanta. It was like, you got to be kidding me. They held Atlanta to no points in the second half. Great defensive game for Tampa Bay. But that was a game that they probably should have won or made it more competitive, even if they couldn't win. You're playing for a shot in the playoffs. Atlanta, the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers are all five and seven. You cannot make this up. You were supposed to go out there and dominate against Tom Brady. What happened? What in the blankety blank happened to you guys? I can't figure it out. Carolina fires that offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. What? He's the reason why you guys aren't doing well? Is it because of him? Or do you realize you just can't fire Cam Newton after bringing him in after three weeks? It just makes no sense for Carolina. And then and look at look at the Saints. They lose five straight. You start you start Taysom Hill as if he's the better quarterback than Trevor Simeon at this point. I, I may only have a minute to talk about this, but this is a division that had every golden opportunity to go out there and be successful. And, and, and based off the guys that you had, of course, people get hurt. They miss time. They may not come back. But the one priority that you had was to make sure that you made it hard as hell for Tampa Bay to have a successful season in that division. And Tampa's just going to skate right through these guys. It really doesn't make a difference who you put on them. It almost doesn't make a difference if, if Carolina gets the better of them. They're in the playoffs because there's nobody else in that division that can give these guys any burn. It's, it's just hard to watch. It is difficult to watch as a fan and more difficult if you are a fan of the Saints, Panthers or the Falcons, that division is in turmoil. I would hope that this upcoming year, during the draft, offseason, they can prepare for a better season than they did this year. So says the commish. That is my rundown of two a days for week 13. Of course, I get to do it all again next Monday. And I hope you guys get a chance to listen with the few minutes that I have left. I want to just make, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't make this comment right now. The Lions win against the Minnesota Vikings. For those that paid any attention to the game or the players, they had a decal on the back of their helmets. It was the letter O for Oxford in Oxford, Michigan. And I'm giving them a sympathetic shout out for what happened over the week child goes into classroom high school oxford high school shoots up the place kills four students 
it bothers the commission so much to know that there is such a negligence there wherever you are it doesn't make a difference if it's michigan or wherever it's the fact that there's such a negligence for human life as we speak when it comes to young men and women teenage kids trying to attend school i I don't know if it's a fact that there are so many schools that don't feel like they have the priorities to try to somehow upgrade security. Maybe security was at high alert, who knows? But to allow the student to go into this school with a gun that was given to him by his own parents. It was almost as though the parents gave the gun to him and told him to do whatever it is you need to do. Now, of course, that was not what was said. But how could the parents be more negligent knowing that this child was a cry for help to begin with? Teachers saw the signs. They took notice. They probably did the best they could to alarm the people there in that high school within the Board of Ed, you would think. And he still comes in there with a gun and shoots up the place. Very disturbing thought. Very disturbing situation. And that's across the board, that's across this country. We as a society, we as a country have our work cut out for us. For those that are parents, for those that have kids that may be in high school or going to high school, something needs to be done about it. And shout out to the Detroit Lions for dedicating that game ball to that city and to that high school because they truly deserve it going through the tough times they're going through right now. Sad times there in Oxford, Michigan. Keep your head up. I would hope it gets better. But you've been listening to The Commish, and this is the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm out of time, people. I was rambling. But I wanted to get those things out there. Listen to my show throughout the week. Thanks very much again. I'll end it by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. I'm out.